It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty and Michael Brauner joining you. May the 4th be with you. And of course, we're not going to be using any Jedi mind tricks today on our show but it does look like the force was not with one Brad Bohannon at the University of Alabama the last couple of days I know when the news was first reported by ESPN about betting suspicions on Alabama baseball this weekend and especially last Friday's game versus LSU you you just really you're like, okay, betting on baseball. You, you didn't think much of it. And then here it is Thursday, and all of a sudden, Brad Bohannon, 30-15, and 9-12 and 12 in the SEC. He's no longer Alabama Crimson Tide's head baseball coach. Now, Michael, the problem is, and what you're hoping is, Brad Bohannon has not officially been linked to any gambling. Greg Byrne releases a statement. Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, releases a statement. And we'll read those statements momentarily. But for the common wagering man, you would not think that Bama baseball would be why Brad Bohannon would be ultimately fired two weeks prior to the SEC tournament getting ready to start. Yeah, so we talked about this the other day when the story broke and it kind of felt like a wacky story right off the bat. You know, oh, Ohio sports books removing wagering on Alabama baseball. That sounds a bit odd. Like, why, why would they be doing that? Like, who who's making large wagers on Alabama baseball in Ohio? Evidently, might have been Brad Bohannon. We'll see. Well, again, I, I don't want to jump to super strong conclusions on exactly what the nature of it was, but... As it turns out, Brad Bohannon was certainly doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Uh, I think you can probably say that at the minimum. Uh, I don't think that's going out on any limb. The guy got fired today, and there's still an investigation going on. We'll read the statement from Greg Byrne. But uh, obviously there's enough that's been found out to, to fire the guy. And keep in mind this is in the wake of a lawsuit going on from a former player who is alleging that there was mistreatment of an injury of some sort, but that doesn't really hold a lot of weight when you consider the fact that also named in the lawsuits, Coach Jackson, who was named the interim coach in, in Bohannon's place. So, you know, I, I don't think you can spin the lawsuit as the reason for the, for him getting fired. Well, you look at Greg Byrne's statement. Brad Bohannon fired for, among other things, that's critical right there, among, among other, other things. things, violating the standards duties and responsibilities expected of university employees and officially removed of all duties and Jason Jackson will serve as the interim head coach 
There will be no further comment at this time pending an ongoing investigation. And what you hope for not only the University of Alabama, but for the players that they had no knowledge of anything that's going on. And as of this moment, what, no which players. Has been reported that no, no players, players are involved. Brad Bohannon is the sole focus of uh, said investigation. And when you have a comment from Commissioner Greg Sankey, the University of Alabama has taken swift action after information about baseball sports wagering activity was questioned by industry regulators. Ensuring the integrity of athletic competition is our highest priority, and for that purpose, the SEC monitors gambling activity through its relationship with U.S. integrity and has done so since 2018. There must be zero tolerance for activity that puts into question the integrity of competition. We will remain in communication with the university throughout its ongoing review and will have no further comment at this time. At the end of the day, I mean, you're looking. A lot of no further comments there. That That's what you're going to lean on as far as no comments, yeah, but ultimately. In this kind of situation. Uh, yeah, Brad Bohannon was under contract until 2025. Michael, he was 166 and 124 with just one NCAA appearance. And I think that now that you're starting to have problems within the university athletic program, it goes from baseball to earlier this week, a deputy athletic director got into some legal trouble for domestic violence. You go back and you look at what happened earlier with during spring break, a football player getting arrested. Now you go back to the basketball situation. There's just a cloud. We'll call it the Death Star here on May the 4th, be with you. There's a Death Star hanging over Alabama right now, and I'm not quite sure if they're going to be able to to survive it. I mean, ultimately, you see Bohannon lose his job, and that is acting swiftly, but is there a loss of control within Alabama's athletic program right now? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily go that far. Uh, I mean, it certainly has been a, a tough year to be Greg Byrne. Greg Byrne is probably the hardest working man in the state of Alabama right now. Uh, I, I think to blame Greg Byrne on these things is, is a bit unfair. I mean, ele- if the things alleged about Brad Bohannon are true, that he would. So l- let's take a look at what happened on Friday night. Alabama's starter was pulled last second. From the from the Alabama, the guy who was supposed to start the game was pulled last second, and they ended up going with a new guy. So right right off the bat, there's like who would have been the first person to have that information is Brad Bohannon, obviously. And so people are the uh, the common theory going around, which is the one that makes the most sense. It's like did Brad Bohannon place a bet or have someone place a bet or tip someone off as to information that hey like these odds are pretty good for LSU minus one and a half because we're not going to be starting this guy and then that information is revealed to whoever the bet by the way in question was placed at Great American Ballpark in in uh, in Cincinnati the MGM Sportsbook inside the Red Stadium a little fun fact there but yeah I mean I I, I don't think you can necessarily blame greg byrne he certainly is handing being handed fire after fire after fire which is you know i i I don't know who 
I find find me an athletic director who would handle it better than Greg Byrne has. And so I mean, Brad Bohannon was fired today. What, what do you want him to do? I, I think that that's that's what had to happen in this situation, because regardless of there being two weeks, I just find the similarities in regards to getting rid of a coach two weeks prior to a tournament beginning. Ole Miss, they relieved, oh, excuse me, uh, Chris Beard is removed as head coach of Texas, okay? And when he's removed as head coach of Texas, domestic violence situations, allegations that were made, he comes back and then Ole Miss makes the hire for Chris Beard at Ole Miss. But their head coach at the time gets removed two weeks prior or a week prior to the SEC tournament starting. And that's where things to me, when you say, do you have athletic control? I think that's where it becomes to, you've heard Greg Byrne talk highly of Bohannon prior to this incident occurring. Yeah. Resigned him two years ago. His contract wasn't due to end until 2025. So he was scheduled to be there through this season was going to probably have an opportunity to make the postseason 30 and 15 this year, nine and 12. And then the lawsuit comes alleging he and the now interim head coach mistreated a player while he was injured, which is common practice. Now you see a lot of players retaliating against the coaches, whether it's verbal abuse or physical abuse or mental abuse, but what Alabama the program in 2017 when Greg Goff had it, it was a disgrace. It was a joke. They couldn't win. Bohannon, I know he's only made one NCAA tournament appearance, but he's 166 and 124. Alabama accustomed to what they had in the late 90s, making the College World Series appearances. That hasn't happened in, in almost two decades. So I think Alabama baseball is begging for resurrection and I'm not going to say that Bohannon had the, the the Alabama program on life support, but you touched they on the point earlier. This year. I mean, he, it's a, he was expected to finish better than where, where he is currently or where he was currently. Yeah, the the underachieving of the team and, and uh, the program in general the past few years is, is an entirely different discussion. It's like we talked about this the other day. Alabama should be a better baseball program than they are, and I understand the strength of the SEC makes that difficult, but a school with the resources of Alabama, there's no reason for it to be a middling to really bad, almost, SEC baseball program. I mean, they're, they they could be a good baseball program. There's no reason for – I mean, Bohannon's done okay. Just removing the gambling thing, just looking at him, uh, his resume as a coach, like he's done okay. They they were supposed to be better this year. They were bad last year. So, you know, it, it does make you wonder, would he have been fired this quickly if, uh, <laughs> I mean, say Alabama was really good? It certainly is worth at least pondering. But, no, I mean, I mean there were a lot of wild rumors being thrown out on Twitter today, like some, some crazy stuff. Whether it's actually true or not, a lot of it, like I saw some, and again, this came from like an Auburn student reporter, so 
take it with a giant grain of salt. I didn't see it anywhere else, but someone said, like, oh, it's rumored that Brad Bohannon wagered $150,000 on LSU minus one and a half. So, like, but if he wagered anything at uh, all. The amount doesn't matter. but that, Anything yeah. at all. No, of course. Having that course. insider information, and they're able to tie it to him. It's disgraceful. It's it, degeneracy and disgraceful. It, you can't. You, there's no way to spin that. But for Alabama to go ahead and say, look, you know, with all the other scandals that we've had going on here or all the other problems that we've had within our athletic program within the last two and a half to three months, this coach is is tied to one to where he hasn't even been found guilty of it. There's just suspicious activity. So with there being suspicious activity, ultimately someone is either going to be able to tie him to that or not. Yeah. Because betting on college baseball, the only thing I love to wager is maybe a hamburger or a dewdrop dog. I'm not going to put any money, and no one else is really putting substantial money yeah. on collegiate regular season baseball. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, I, I wager a little bit. I know people who wager a lot. And all that being said, I don't know anyone who bets on college baseball and from a regular like point of view no i don't know anyone who bets on college baseball why who bets on college baseball it's it's a very weird thing and especially for it to be in the amount to where you're going to draw the ire or attention of a gambling commission that's what's amazing to me and there's where your red flags go up but now you're just going to have to find and connect the dots and of course you know, the when you say baseball and gambling, the name that's always going to be tied to one another is Pete Rose. Pete Rose and gambling and baseball go hand in hand uh, forever. I will say if some of the wild rumors being thrown around are true, it's it's actually quite a bit worse than Pete Rose by, by a substantial margin. Pete Rose, if he's to be believed at least, only ever bet on the Reds. Uh, if, if Coach Bohannon threw 150 grand on LSU minus one and a half, that's quite honestly the most disgraceful, degenerate, disgusting, unjustifiable thing I've ever heard. Again, I don't know if that's actually true. I tend to believe it's probably not true. But if we find out, like, Brad Bohannon was betting against Alabama because they're playing LSU and uh, last second the starter is scratched and he knew about it, that, that truly is probably the worst sports gambling scandal ever. Well, he's put in a situation to where now his character has been questioned. He's been fired. Well, he's, so, yeah. I mean, and I'll probably never coaching college baseball again at this point. If the FBI and Alabama, in their due diligence, is able to go ahead and find a way. I know Greg Byrne would love to find a way to say, look, we just released him for things outside of – this suspicious activity. Can't really spin it that way. But right now you can't spin it that way because I mean, of the timing. There's two weeks left in the season. And and like We're, I said, you're still 9-12. You, yeah. you, you have an interim coach. Now the spotlight is going to be turned up not only for the players and the coaches. So we'll see how they act under the magnifying glass because we see how – it's just like the ant that gets burned with the magnifying glass when you torture it. The basketball team 
at the end of the day, couldn't handle that magnifying glass. The baseball team is nowhere near on the elite level that the basketball team was. Has nowhere near the popularity or the record or looking at being the number one team in the country at any point in time this season. You come in at any time under the Brad Bohannon era. At any time this season, for sure. I mean, but you are 30 and 15, 9 and 12 in the SEC. You're close to 40 games over 500 in your six-year career have only made one NCAA appearance, but you don't have to worry about that if you're Brad Bohannon. All you have to worry about now is your integrity and whether you're going to go to jail or, or receive a lifetime ban coaching baseball, period. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone's hiring Brad Bohannon to be their baseball coach anytime soon. So, I mean... Gee, it's not good. I, I, there's there's no way to spin it. There's no defending it. It's it, it's very bad. So, again, I I hope it comes out that it's not as bad as it initially sounds. But boy, oh boy, very 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 ugly situation coming the, out of Tuscaloosa. The final drive here on WNSP one hundred five point five. May the fourth be with you. We'll get into what is your favorite Star Wars character of all time or pick a number from the movies that were made is it the one that started all four five and six is it one two and three seven eight and nine is jar jar biggs the worst star wars character ever may the fourth be with you here on the final drive on wnsp 105.5 Hey, this is David Morse of QB Country. When I'm in my car, I always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station. Welcome back to the final drive on May the 4th. And, of course, Brad Bohannon released as and fired as Alabama's baseball coach. I think when you start, anytime you question the integrity of any sport whether it's baseball basketball football i know people can't stand tom brady your man tom brady for deflate gate right integrity of the game integrity of football of the size of the football say that what advantages do you have what disadvantages do you have well as the manager want to get into that we can start an hour on why that was the greatest Witch hunt against the legacy of the greatest player the sport has ever seen. But well, you know, it, it's one of those time for that. integrity issues, though. Because if I can question the integrity of the former head coach for the Alabama baseball team, that's when you start having the issues that Greg Byrne had no choice. Because it's not like your guys went out there and just – got the socks beat off of them week in and week out and were 15 and 30 instead of 30 and 15. It's not like you had not been a winning coach at the University of Alabama. It's from an integrity standpoint. That's where he puts himself into hot water. And when you look at the suspicious betting activity that went on, again, Michael, I – I have just not seen bets being placed on collegiate baseball. On professional baseball, yes. But collegiate baseball, no. 
I just haven't seen it. And for Vegas or FanDuel or any betting site to shut it down and to really say, look, what we're shutting down is Alabama betting on Alabama baseball. That lets you know. It, it makes you wonder, did Coach do it to himself if he's found guilty or did somebody rat on him? How, how did they really find out? Because they say they had alarms that were set and triggered. Yeah, I mean, if $150,000 are placed on an LSU-Alabama baseball game, that certainly raises a red flag and triggers an investigation and then goes from there. No normal person places $150,000 or whatever the amount was. Like a, The sports books described it as a quote-unquote large wager on Alabama LSU, which like sports book is not going to describe it as a large wager unless it was a large wager. I mean, you know, Tom we're, Hanks, we're not talking a hundred dollars. Tom here. Hanks says there's no crying in baseball, right? That's his famous line. There's no crying in baseball. I, I just I was not aware that there's betting, and I'm quite sure you can bet on anything. Of course, the Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend, one of the largest. Bets that are placed uh, is in the Kentucky Derby, but we're we're talking collegiate regular season baseball, not the College World Series. We're we're talking Alabama LSU in a three game series this weekend. That suspicious gambling activity by Brad Bohannon has put another black eye on the University of Alabama, and I think that that's what is driving. A lot of Alabama fans nuts. It's like, how, how many more gut punches can we take as a university, as an athletic program? Regardless of whether it's the head coach's fault or not, it's still Alabama in the headlines. Yeah, it's not a headline you want to read. I, I mean, if you're if you're not an Alabama fan, you're laughing at it. Yeah, the Auburn fans are taking victory laps in the comments as we speak. It, but even if you're an Auburn fan, you have to sit back and say, well, all right. I think that, you know, you, you, you throw stones in a glass house, what happens, <laughs> right? That you, you just, you can't do that. Well, we know, but We know Auburn loves to play the moral superiority card. I, I just think that, I, I, I don't understand why Coach Bohannon, when, when he's been given the keys to the kingdom, w would make himself available to, to this type of criticism, to this type of, of scrutiny to where if you lose your job due to your win-loss record, okay, that's one thing. But if you lose which, your which, job which to integrity. Which was coming, by the way. In the I, next but, two I mean, his contract now. was till 2025. Yeah. So, I mean, it, we're in 2023, so he had plenty of time to turn it around. It's not like he couldn't have a great season next year. It's not like he couldn't make a great postseason run this year with the guys. Yeah. So he had plenty of life on his contract. He was under contract until 2025. We're talking about the integrity yeah, I mean, that, of baseball. Being under contract doesn't guarantee you that you're going to keep your job. I'd ask Brian Harson about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean. But well, who, who was Alabama going to hire better? I mean, you're hand-picked by Greg Byrne. Yeah, I, I don't know who, who would have been. We'll see who they hire now. Because obviously they're going to be looking for a new co unless uh, Coach Jackson leads them to a crazy postseason run, which uh, I'll tell you right now isn't going to happen. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I, I think what you're looking at too is Alabama trying to find a way to make it through this season. Because I mentioned the magnifying glass 
I mentioned the series that they're going to have with Vanderbilt. Now you go from regular SEC network coverage to you're going to have national coverage of what's going on at the University of Alabama. As if that's not anything new within the last three or four months. And I think that that's the most interesting and disturbing part. Again, the integrity of baseball. Ask Pete Rose how that works for you. Because I guarantee Pete Rose would give probably two or three of his fingers to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Just not going to happen for him. And he's one of the greatest baseball players ever. But because he put himself and had his integrity questioned, he's not going to make it there. And that's the pinnacle. And becoming the head coach at Alabama, the same thing for Brad Bohannon, fired as Alabama's baseball coach. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5. We'll be right back. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with Michael Brauner joining you. May the 4th be with you. And if you're a Star Wars fan, of course, you know what that is. Want to know what your favorite Star Wars movie is or Star Wars character. As again, Alabama has been listed as officially the Death Star of Collegiate Athletics this last four months. Not quite sure when it's going to blow up. And our next guest does an outstanding job covering college football. He's a college football reporter for 24-7 Sports. Brandon Marcello, good afternoon, my friend. How are you doing? And welcome to the final drive. Doing well. How are you guys doing? Man, absolutely blessed by the best. And, Brandon, I want to ask you a a, a question in regards to this this baseball firing today of of Brad Bohannon. I know it is in Alabama baseball, and I know you used to work that Auburn beat, but gambling on college baseball, I I, I just – I would have never put that together in regards a reason to possibly lose your job or suspicious activity being placed. College football, yes. College baseball, no. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the accusations there. I didn't even know you could bet on college baseball, let alone and where you can, you can do that. I don't follow betting and all that stuff all that closely other than the like college football lines. But, you know, that's <clears throat> you, know, you look throughout college athletics and as gambling has become more prevalent and legalized state to state and more states, there's always been that concern about that kind of seeping into – uh, college athletics and people trying to do things uh, to steer things one way or another. Again, I'm not familiar with what's going on uh, with the Alabama situation, but I'm surprised, not surprised, but I, I would think that we'd probably see more or at least inklings of this and at least a lot more crackdown and, and, and exploring and investigating of things like this to keep everybody on their toes and make sure they're doing things the right way and not doing this. There needs to be more pressure on, on that sort of situation. It's definitely a red flag for the entire NCAA when you can have a sport like baseball having bets placed upon it. And when the bookies shut it down, you know there's an issue. Now, what they're not shutting down in the Big 12 is an opportunity to kind of give you a peek under the hood. You did an 
an outstanding article about the Big 12 and how they're able and what they're wanting to do with their access to not only the coaches, but just kind of giving really an XFL feel to how things are going on in-game and in live on the field. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, listen, uh, Brett Yormark, the, the commissioner of the Big 12, has been very open and, and very quick and aggressive since taking the job in August, less than a year ago, to come about trying to do new things. I mean, uh, they're going to be doing some, like, basketball exhibitions and youth clinics at Rucker Park with their college basketball, with their basketball coaches. You know, you had Shaq uh, serving as DJ for the Big 12 men's basketball tournament uh, just a month or two ago. And now the possibility is playing college football games and basketball games in Mexico is something they're discussing and they hope to announce here in the next couple of weeks. But I think the biggest thing that development is just that with doing more behind-the-scenes access for football broadcasts. And you mentioned it there. I think the, the pretty pretty good comparison to compare it to the XFL, though I did mention that to Brett Yormark. I said, is this pretty uh, close to what we've seen with the XFL recently? He's like, oh, no, not necessarily. I think some of the other professional leagues. I he's looking a lot at what kind of what the NBA is doing. Um, you know, with a lot of the audio clips you see is the coaches in the huddle at timeouts kind of explaining what he wants from the team and everything like that. I think we're going to see more of that in these college football broadcasts for the Big 12 of coaches and what they're saying at timeouts, what they're saying in the locker room. Uh, I do think it's probably kind of difficult for them to mic up uh, the players, but I do definitely think they're going to mic up the coaches. And, and from talking to several coaches here in Arizona at these meetings, they are they are wide open to it. They want to do this in the Big Twelve, uh, and it's it's crazy to say that and think that because I think if you ask these coaches to do this three or four years ago, uh, a lot of them, if not most of them, would have said no. We don't want this. We do not want to open up our programs to all this. But it's a new age, a new day, and it's not just about the broadcast too. They want to be able to take these bits and pieces and share them on social media, as you guys know. 30-second clips, short clips that are unique and offer some type of story in a short form are huge. And what better way outside of highlights to do that than a coach saying something motivational to a player or something during a timeout that's 15, 20 seconds long or an interaction caught on the sideline that actually has audio with it instead of it just just the video component with it. So uh, it, it's exciting. And from what I understand, it's going to start happening as soon as this football season. They're already putting that all together, and I can't wait to see what it looks like on Saturday. Talking to Brandon Marcello. He's a national reporter on college football for 24-7. Brandon, I'll ask you in a second about the situation with Alabama's quarterback uh, room, but I, I do want to ask you about Auburn as well. Is, is What do you make of the, the quarterback room currently? Do you think Peyton Thorne is about to be an Auburn Tiger or someone else, or is Robbie Ashford going to win the job? Just your overall thoughts. Well, I mean, Robbie Ashford's a leader in the clubhouse right now until they add someone, um, obviously. You know, whether it be Casey Thompson, maybe Peyton, as you mentioned. Um, I haven't followed it too closely, but I think, you know, not Peyton, but I think Casey Thompson would be the better fit uh, among all those guys that are available right now. Um and to me, 
adding Casey Thompson, as long as he's healthy, because remember he's coming off an injury and wasn't able to participate in spring practices in Nebraska. But as long as he's healthy, I think he improves their, their win total at Auburn by maybe one or two games. Um, you know, remember Robbie Ashford had the worst completion percentage among all SEC starters last year. He's dynamic. He can run. And I do believe in Hugh Freeze's offense and with his development that he will improve as a passer, but he's not necessarily a great quarterback. And I think if he develops and you have Casey Thompson, who did pretty well at Nebraska in his one year there and previously at Texas, that improves things for them. And suddenly maybe Auburn goes from maybe being a borderline six-win team to maybe being able to compete to win seven, seven games and if a lot of breaks go their way, maybe eight. Well, Alabama brings in Tyler Buckner, obviously. I, I'm not going to ask you to predict what's going to happen in terms of who's going to start against Texas, but just what does that signal to you? And then no one transfers out between Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson as well. Yeah, it's it's shocking. It's a shock to the system because we're just not accustomed to seeing this at Alabama. I, we, we haven't really seen it. Having to bring in a transfer after spring practices and or even a newcomer to kind of get things going and – you know, not just that, but you look across the the roster. I mean, it's still a great roster, but like there's some spots where there's just not necessarily that depth that you're accustomed to seeing at Alabama. And in the last two to three years since that amazing team in 2020, which I think might actually be the best team in modern college football history, um, now it's just kind of like you thought that would continue rolling, and maybe they take a half step back, but even a half step back would be worthy of winning a national championship. And now to have these problems and these concerns at quarterback, it's interesting. Um, you know, back when when they hired, you know, the Notre Dame offensive coordinator to come on board, I took that as a sign that one, not necessarily the offense was going to change, but they were looking for an offensive coordinator who was able to work with multiple quarterbacks and do so and working with multiple and maybe starting one or two different quarterbacks throughout the season and tweaking the offense. Because you saw what Notre Dame had to do last year with Drew Pine and Co. with the injuries and, and performance issues, and they had to switch quarterbacks and, for that matter, change up the offense a little bit. So I thought maybe in the back of my, my brain, I started getting that itch of, well, does this mean that maybe they're expecting that this year with Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson? Um, and then you have to add Tyler Buckner because you're just not happy with the competition level this spring. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not assuming right now, like a lot of people, I guess, that Tyler Buckner is going to be the starter because why else would he come to Alabama? And, and, but, listen, he was in a spot in Notre Dame where he was just not going to start this year because Sam Hartman is – on a whole other world and playing right now as a, as a quarterback and as a performer. But I, I'm not convinced Tyler Buckner will end up being the starter. I think that they legitimately added him, did not promise him anything, and said, come in and we'll give you the opportunity to compete in August. But that's all we're going to promise you right now. Yeah, I agree with you there, Brandon. I think it's just a, a competition standpoint. What I wanted to ask you about also was the fact of the college football playoff sites and times i think that that's interesting when you look at an on-campus game that's going to be involved in the expansion of college football playoffs is it a good thing for college football when you are having on-campus playoff sites and the times that the games are going to be held probably don't make the students healthy help 
happy about it, but it makes the fan base happy about that they'll have access that the students normally wouldn't be there. Yeah, I mean, they're going to fill up those stadiums no matter what. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people are complaining about just the dates of games. Like, man, all these games in the middle of the week. Well, that's how bowl season has always been. And so what do you expect when we're playing more bowl games that are part of the playoff picture? And also, of course, they're trying to avoid the NFL. The NFL is not going to move off its dates. And the NFL would absolutely cannibalize the college football product from a rating standpoint and it would hurt college football. So you got to avoid that. And it's the holiday season in a lot of ways. Of course, not all of us are off work uh, during those times, but uh, a lot of people are, and they're able to book travel and do so, and it's a little bit more – they're able to move more freely during the middle of the week than uh, any other time of the year because it's there in late December. Uh, and listen, these college, these college playoff sites being on campus, those will be, no matter the campus it's on, that first playoff game – and those spots will be the biggest games in, in their uh, program's history. And it, it, the crowds will be insane. And it will be sold out. Uh, I can't wait to see it. And um, it's it's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. Is, is there any way to work around the fact that, and I understand that it's kind of just naturally where the schedule falls, but, I mean, these games are being played like four days before Christmas, like taking – out-of-state student, for example, like just not really able to go at that point. Is there any way to work around it, or is that just going to be a side effect of it? Yeah, that's just that's just how it's going to be. I mean, maybe they're going to be able to move some of these games, maybe one of the weeks, <clears throat> to a holiday weekend. Like, uh, you know, we talk about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, about trying to maybe move the semifinals up to that point, which I think would require us to go to a, a week zero schedule where everybody's able to start at one week earlier. But is that that movement's kind of slowed down here in the last few months, but you know, I, I just uh, we're not going to be able to get away from playing games uh, in the holiday season in the middle of the week, and you know, it's going to hurt students. But the fact of the matter is, it's not going to matter when in December they play on-campus games because everybody's off campus by you know that second week in December, really, anyway. Um, so. It is what it is. I don't think there's any way to really change that and add more students to it because the students are going to be off campus anyway. Also, Brandon, is there that big of a disparity between Georgia and the rest of college football? Because, I mean, you look at Clemson, they had a great run at the top. Oklahoma had a great run. Alabama has continued to fight in there. But now Georgia, you look at the number of draft picks over the last two years, 25. That's more than any program in the country. But preseason rankings, when you start combining all the sources and the polls, Georgia is unanimously number one and has King Kirby created that type of separation for his program. Yeah, they're the deepest team in college football. They're the most talented team in college football. And they've successfully replicated and in some ways improved upon the Alabama and Nick Saban blueprint. And it's I can't believe I'm saying that, but they have. I thought – Alabama, obviously, you can't keep something rolling forever. And not to say Alabama's falling off drastically. They haven't. Um, they can easily get back to the, the mountaintop even this year with a few players stepping up. But Georgia, on paper, it's just they're reloading. I mean, they lose – listen, they, they lose a guy like Jalen Carter, who is just an absolute – just 
mover of mountains. And then they lose also Bear Alexander to the transfer portal so he can go to USC. That's two monster nose tackles and uh, nose guards. But to me, and then we sit here and go, oh, they've got other guys just to really step in. They're going to be fine. That, that's incredible to me. You, that's two elite guys. Team, you know, teams would be lucky to have one of those type of players every five years, let alone having two of them on the same roster at the same time. And they both leave, and then you also go, nah, they're okay. Uh, it's a testament to the, the recruiting they've done there. And more importantly, as the transfer portal has ramped up the last three years, Georgia has done a great job of developing the players from high school, keeping them on campus, and then only having to pick and choose their spots to go in the transfer portal to fill holes on their roster. That is how you separate yourself from all the other teams and be more elite. And there's only a handful of teams, and I wouldn't even say a handful of teams. There's maybe only one or two that have been able to do that right now. And Georgia, by far, has been able to maintain that consistency without losing big numbers in the portal. Got about 30 seconds with you left. May the fourth be with you, Star Trek or Star Wars? Which one is the greatest sci-fi? Star Wars, I'm not big of much a big of a fan of either though. And I'll tell you what, man, those those new Star Wars movies, they disappointed me. So <laughs> But I love Mando. I'll watch Mando any day of the week. Mandalorian is pretty good, Brandon. How can people follow you and keep up with everything that is college football? Yeah, at B Marcello on Twitter, at Brandon Marcello on Instagram, and of course twenty four seven sports dot com. Thank you so much, Brandon, for taking time out of your afternoon. We look forward to talking to you again real soon. All right. Thanks, guys. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5. We'll be right back. This is Will Herring, a member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive on May the 4th. Be with you and Michael Broner. I, I, I'm a Star Wars guy. I love Star Wars. I think, you know, you look at that and Star Trek together. I, I'm not quite sure what our listeners or people in the app like better, Star Trek or Star Wars. But because it is May the 4th, I, I'm definitely going to say the worst character in the history of Star Wars was Jar Jar Biggs. I, I I just I can't Misha Misha th th do it one more time, Michael. Bring it back, Misha Misha. Because they had some great Yoda impressions this morning, <laughs> and that that's not too shabby, my brother. Misha Corey. That, <laughs> that's that's not too bad. And you know you you have the old school fans who really like Star Trek. It had a head start on Star Wars, but you know the going to the dark side. Is Misa Brad Boy Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad, brother. I'm big, telling you. Big wagers. <laughs> you have to look at Han Solo is my favorite Star Wars character. That's a though. good take. Ha Harrison Ford, man, you know, you really can't find a much better actor in Hollywood than Harrison Ford and all his accolades. But mm. Han Solo. I'm going to go with Mace Windu. Okay. <laughs> I like Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, look, Samuel Jackson. You can't go wrong with him either, Jedi. I, I just hate I that you saw the end of uh, Samuel yeah. Jackson in there. You, you don't. Spoilers. You, you, yeah. I, get, I get the prequel hate, but I do like Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is is all time classic right there. But you know, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and have a passionate 
defending argument of the prequels. I, I get it. Well, uh, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. And and Mandalorian is good. It, it's great. I, I mean, like Empire better than Jedi. You like Empire better? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I like the Battle of Hoth. Well, well Billy D. Williams, you can't go wrong with Billy D. You know, I, I think that about camels and stuff. <laughs> I, I think that Star Whatever Wars, Star Wars is one of those though. When you have your own day, marketing came up. May the Fourth be with you. It's pretty creative, and you, you look at George Lucas and everything he was able to accomplish. When they start off four, five, and six, I was like, okay, not, not even thinking you could go back and create one, two, and three, and. Six, seven, and eight, nine, and ten, and eleven, and have twelve spinoffs. Never thought that, but that's what great movies do for you. May the fourth be with you. We'll come back top of the four o'clock hour coming up. From Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive, live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Welcome back to our number two of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. And may the fourth be with you. And don't know if you're a Star Wars fan or Star Trek fan. You can hit us up in the app. Let us know which one was better, Star Trek or Star Wars, and who your favorite Star Wars character was or is, and what your favorite Star Wars movie happens to be. Of course, mine, Return of the Jedi, and... A return to the final drive is Lindsey Crosby. He's We're going to use the force here with him being on the phone lines. And, Lindsey, welcome to the final drive. Are you a Star Trek or Star Wars type of guy? I honestly love them both. When I was a kid, I loved the Star Wars movies more and the Star Trek TV shows. But the Star Wars TV shows have been really good recently. Yeah, so, if I had to pick, I'm going to say Star Wars. And also, that was a fantastic segue that you made into me. Good job by you, man. That was great. Hey, the Force is with me today without question, my brother. And I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> when you start looking at the situation that's going on with college baseball, I know you're a mm -hmm. huge baseball fan, whether it's you covering minor league baseball or Auburn baseball. And whether you're an Alabama or Auburn fan at this point in time, when this type of story about collegiate baseball betting goes on and you see Brad Bohannon be fired as the head coach at Alabama, it really raises some eyebrows. And you just hope that it it's only surface deep. You know, you see the tip of the iceberg and you don't know what's underneath it. You hope no players are involved at all. Yeah, and the good thing is from – 
everything that I've been able to gather, like in a role as somebody who covers college baseball, it doesn't appear from what I've heard that any uh, student athletes have been implicated as of now. Uh, but to fire somebody in the season, the same day that you have a huge series against Vanderbilt, it's going to go a long way to figuring out do you make the postseason or not, and to fire them for cause tells me that this there is something big to this. And getting the, like we haven't seen a situation like this as far as uh, an issue with gambling on baseball since Pete Rose, right? It's, it's, it's been quite a while, but we haven't really seen something at the collegiate level. And I think we, there's been a big shift in the last couple of years of embracing gambling across sports. And this feels like the first big problem that we've had since that started. We've had individual players, Calvin Ridley, guys like that, uh, who got suspended for betting on individual games. But this feels like it could be a much bigger situation. So we're watching this really closely. Well, when you watch that very closely, we'll go back to that in just a moment. Auburn baseball Speaking of Alabama losing to LSU this weekend, and it was the Friday game that was in question, there will be a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday series with the Auburn Tigers taking on the LSU Tigers at Plainsman Park. Huge series for this program. Yeah, and, and it's something, talking to the coaches today, talking to some of the players today, they're very excited to watch one to watch Paul Skeens. you know he's one of the best pitchers in the country to watch Dylan Cruz but also within the program they feel really good about what they just went through in Columbia South Carolina the team isn't the same caliber you know South Carolina is not as good as LSU but it's a similar situation as far as uh, a, a, a deep lineup that can go all the way through the way that they stack their righties and lefties and their power hitters together and so Within the Auburn program, there's a lot of confidence that they're as prepared as possible to face off against LSU, although you say that, and then the first time you leave something middle-middle when Dylan Cruz crushes it 400 feet, you might feel a little bit different. But they're excited for the challenge this weekend. It's a sellout for all three games, and they're going to have an eagle flight, just like they do for football. They're going to have an eagle flight on Wednesday before game two. Lindsay, for listeners who might not be exactly aware of the situation with Brad Bohannon at Alabama, can you kind of walk us through a little bit of a timeline of exactly what happened from Ohio, uh, you know, taking Alabama games off the books to pretty much what happened today and what the current situation is? Absolutely. So uh, the series is LSU versus Alabama last week, and on Friday in uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, at Great American Ballpark, where the Cincinnati Reds play, they were on the road, but at the ballpark, there's a sports book in the ballpark. A, two bets were placed that involved the Alabama-LSU game. One of them was a parlay, so it had multiple games involved. The other one was a straight money line bet on LSU. Uh, these two bets got the attention of a, of a firm that a lot of uh, companies, teams, organizations, including, I've confirmed, uh, Alabama Athletics, called U.S. Integrity, got their attention because it was an outsized bet. And as I understand, between the time the bet was placed, or sorry, between the time that the decision was made to not have Luke Holman start Friday night's game because of back tightness, and the time that Hagen Banks was told he would be starting and the information became public, during that time frame, that is when the bet was placed. And so 
it was flagged because one, it was uh, an unusually large bet, larger than you traditionally would see for Alabama games. But then when it came out that there was an injury change to the lineup and to the starting pitcher, and this bet was placed sometime before that became public knowledge, that's what got the, inf- the, the attention of the regulator. So over the weekend, the, the state of Ohio Gaming Commission tells sportsbooks you are no, we can no longer accept bets on Alabama baseball. This was investigated, and then this morning is when Alabama announced that they were uh, firing Brad Bohannon effective immediately for, quote, violating the standards, duties, and responsibilities expected of university employees. Uh, Quite a – you rarely see coaches fired in season. You even rarely find them fired for cause. And so the combination of those things tells you there has to be something significant here. Yeah, so do you take that to mean that Alabama or Greg Byrne or whoever has already gained knowledge that – Brad Bohannon, I don't know, tipped off his buddy in Cincinnati that, hey, Hagen Banks is going to be starting this game. We're not going to win. Go ahead and place your wager on LSU. Like, is that is it really that egregious? The timing of this is really weird because LSU was already favored to win the game. And so the line didn't actually move on that news because LSU was already favored to win. Uh, the, the only thing that I can think of, if you're firing him for cause a Pretty much immediately, you have to feel like there was some sort of intent. And I don't I'm not I'm not saying that Brad Bohan has done anything. No evidence has come out that he has done something intentional. But I just don't understand firing him, even if his buddy found out that we're changing starters before the game. LSU was favored to win either way, and they. It's not like changing the starter took it from an Alabama being a favorite to LSU being a favorite. So I'm there has to be more to the story, but Alabama's not talking, the SEC's not talking, the investigation's ongoing. Do you think that we are going to find out ever or soon or again ever at like exactly what occurred with Brad Bohannon? I feel pretty confident we're going to find out, and the reason we're going to find out is because the game and the bet were placed in different states. And so because of that, this ultimately at the core of it becomes a federal issue. And the federal government has indicated that they are very uh, willing to investigate gambling and other gaming-related crimes that happen across state lines. So I think ultimately we will find out what happened. Now, the timeliness of that, I don't necessarily know. But I do think at some point in time, the federal government will get involved because this is technically interstate commerce. And so the Department of Justice, the FBI, you're going to see those organizations uh, get involved if they have not already directly with Alabama and with the sports book. So, Lindsay, currently we definitely have more questions than answers for sure. The only mm-hmm. answer we do know is Bohannon has been fired as Alabama's baseball coach. The Crimson Tide 30 and 15 currently, 9 and 12 in the SEC. And Bohannon had only made one NCAA appearance in his coaching tenure there in six years, but was 40 games over. And his contract was not up until 2025. And considering what he inherited, Alabama having two coaches in three years back in 2016 and 2017 and 2015. He had not necessarily taken it to the pinnacle, but it wasn't a dumpster fire either. Yeah, and he's a guy that has Auburn ties. Everybody that I've talked to has 
been very impressed with Brad Bohannon and what he's done given the situation you face at both Auburn and Alabama, how you don't have the benefit of lottery scholarships, like you referenced some of the, the previous turnover and, and lack of a built program to take over. Uh, if it turns out that there is nothing unethical behind what he did as far as a deliberate choice, things like that, he's going to continue to he'll have more coaching opportunities. Uh, if it turns out that he did deliberately do something to participate in this, that's where you'd have the question about his future. But I don't think Brad Bohan did a bad job. Like you said, he came in a tough situation, and he had a winning record in the SEC. He had a winning record overall. Took, it is very hard to take teams in the state of Alabama to the tournament just simply because of the conference we play in and the advantages our neighboring states have. And so I've been impressed with him. I've always thought he was a good coach. Uh, and it's something you do hate to see something like this happen, not only to him, but to his players who have a series against Vandy, a series at Texas A&M, and a series versus Ole Miss while they're trying to get five more wins for postseason eligibility. I think the biggest thing, like you just mentioned, is the magnifying glass now on your interim coach as well as your players. We saw the same mm -hmm. thing happen with Alabama basketball, them being ranked number one and having the pending Brandon Miller situation going on throughout the entire postseason. I, I think that if Alabama's able to come out of this and, and get them a couple of wins here and, like you said, m make that magic number of five and make the postseason – I think the magnifying glass will continue to get hotter because the story's not going to go away. It's just going to follow them every single city, every single town that they go to for the remainder of their season. Yeah, and and really, I think that when you look at just there's multiple things that have happened within this athletic department, even in just this calendar year, some of the conversation's going to eventually drift up to Greg Bine and and questions about uh, what he's done to to work on controlling this this department this athletic department and working with these issues but in the meantime you have a, a winnable like opportunities to win games at texas a&m on the road that's going to be very tough with those fans because i guarantee you they will know what happened they will be talking about it uh thankfully you do go to old miss for the last three games you have an opportunity i personally want jason jackson to do well i'm hoping that they uh, can get those five wins to get in the postseason. It's always more fun when both Auburn and Alabama are in the postseason and just wish everybody involved well in this whole situation. Well, I tell you, somebody who's doing well of the Atlanta Braves in the major leagues, 21 and 10, and you look at the National League division and they're doing, doing fairly well. Can they continue this way? I mean, American League, of course, the Rays have the best overall record, but the Braves do it all. I think that they're going to continue to slug away and continue to try to battle and stay atop of the division. They absolutely are. And, and what's been good for me is watching uh, somebody step up every time there's a slump. Travis Darno started off very hot. He got injured, has been on the IL with the concussion, still hasn't come back. Sean Murphy right now is one of the hottest players in all of baseball. Uh, right now, Austin Riley's in a bit of a slump. Ozzy Albies has heated up and – Marcelo Zuna is having a great series in Miami. And so it's just uh, the depth of this offense has made me feel good. And then always having more pitching options. We saw Kyle Wright go on the IL today after a shoulder injury last night, the same shoulder that he, it was sore entering spring training. He had a cortisone injection in it, uh, that same shoulder, but Dylan Dodd comes up and right now is in line to get the win as we're in the top of the fifth. 
And so I feel good about the depth here and then the struggles the rest of the division has had. Atlanta has a chance to build a good lead here early in the year and ride it to a conference start to a division title again. Can't thank you enough. And again, my favorite Star Wars movie, Return of the Jedi. Michael Bronner says he likes The Empire Strikes Back. Do you have a favorite one out of all the movies that have come out for Star Wars? I also like Empire Strikes Back, but let me tell you, one of my secret favorite ones to watch is Rogue One. Very good movie and does a great job at filling in everything that happened before the very first Star Wars movie, before A New Hope. That, those last couple uh, days leading up to that. Fantastic movie. Always appreciate you. How can everyone follow all of your great coverage, not only of the Auburn Tiger baseball program, minor league baseball, major league baseball as well? Hey, thanks for asking, Corey. So the hub for everything is Twitter at Crosby Baseball is where you can find me. You can get the Auburn baseball writing, auburndaily.com, the Atlanta Braves writing, bravestoday.com, and the minor leagues at Locked on MLB Prospects, the number one daily minor league baseball podcast. Can't thank you enough for your time today, Lindsay, and may the fourth be with you, my friend. May the fourth be with you too, buddy. Lindsay Crosby joining us this afternoon on the final drive, and we'll come right back. Of course, you can get to us in the app. Let us know what your favorite Star Wars movie is. Do you like this new Mandalorian series? Grogu, do you know who he is? Have you heard of him? A.K.A. Baby Yoda. There was some pretty good Yoda impressions done this morning. And of course, you can always vote for the final drive through the new Nappy Awards. Of course, that's a votenappies.com under media. Click on the final drive is your favorite sports show. The final drive will be right back. This is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. Welcome back. And, of course, we were talking last week about the Oakland A's planned move to Las Vegas and how that was going to affect Oakland and Las Vegas. And now if you're a baseball fan and you're heading out to Oakland, the Oakland A's offering a summer pass with tickets to 37 games for only 99 bucks. You, you can't park, get you popcorn and a soda, much less the ticket for 99 bucks. And this will get you all 37 games for the Oakland A's remaining 37 games. That That's unbelievable, Michael. $99. $99 for 37 games at that, at that stadium. It's unbelievable. 37 games for $99. I mean, so we're looking at little over, little less than $3 a game there. Well, here's the kicker to that. The Oakland A's scheduled to go to Las Vegas, only 34 days remaining in the Nevada legislature session, and the A's deal to buy the land is dependent upon a $500 million tax package 
if it's not passed, then the Oakland A's are going to stay in Oakland without a new stadium and continue to be the worst franchise in Major League Baseball. It's like I, I don't know I don't know what the like at some point the franchise is gonna fold on itself. No, like how, how do they even afford to pay players' salaries? Like the what is the owner taking out loans at this point? It's a ridiculous situation. They they get like a thousand people a game. It it's a joke. Well, that's it's definitely sad. that that that's one of the saddest situations that you'll see in Major League Baseball for sure. But Las Vegas being the hotbed and of course with us talking gambling and everything that's going on with Alabama and the bets on college baseball and now you're having possibly a professional major league franchise relocate to Las Vegas pending some legislator issues you know when you start looking at law and legislation in sports one of the interesting dynamics that have come right out of here in the state of Alabama is an article that was on AL.com, and Alanda Roche wrote it, the Alabama House of Representatives approving a bill requiring school sports events to offer a cash option for admission. Because since COVID, a lot of schools have gone to cashless entry. Well, apparently there was a grandmother who wanted to come watch her grandchild and did not have a credit card or a debit card, and all she had was cash and could not get into the game after driving some 30 miles to watch her grandbaby pay, couldn't get into the game. They wouldn't just let her in? Could not. Now, I did not know this. According to this great article, about one-third of the U.S. population did not have a credit card in 2021. But cashless entry is something I do understand when we 2020 and COVID hit. But you're paying for cash at most other places, and especially athletic events. And this amendment was by Representative Chris Blackshear out of Phoenix City. That was, that was this past season they wouldn't accept cash? A absolutely. Yeah, that, that's lunacy. I mean, no cash. Refused entry. This grandmother was refused entry after she drove 30 miles because all she had was cash. Did not have a credit card. And there's people across the state of Alabama that they said a lot of folks, their cell phones don't even work in his district, much less having and carrying a credit card. But an interesting bill, nonetheless, because cash or card Either way, I don't think it's a problem. But to refuse entry because you don't have cash, all you have is a card, That that all you have is cash and not a card, that's tough, Mike. To, to deny entry, refuse entry? Yeah, that's, that's on. I mean, she should have just been let in, but it, that's... Uh that's that's no good. No no ca we're we're becoming an increasingly increasingly cashless society, which is fine I guess, but you know, that doesn't mean cash should be worthless. Like if I want to pay with cash, I should be allowed to pay with cash. I mean, the grandmama just wanted to see her baby play. Tell me I can't pay with cash? And if I'm would a not let her see, pay. See my grandbaby play? And after she drove 30 miles to watch her baby play. And some oh people don't know God. about the GoFan 
and having to have a digital ticket to get in. Some people, you go to the concession stand, and my man Jared Bates makes a great point. You go to the concession stand, and they're taking cash at the concession stand, but you won't take cash to get into the gate or to the game. A lot of places won't take card, like a lot of schools won't take card, which that I can understand, which is annoying because it means you have to carry cash, which I usually don't carry cash. Uh, but at least you can understand that. Like if you're not quit, if you're not equipped to take a card, like you can understand that at least. Like oh, like we don't have a card reader. Like we got a cash box. You got to pay with cash. That at least you can justify. But to be like, no, sorry, your cash is no good. <laughs> like what? What? What do you, what do you mean? And, and I have money. Take it. That, that's you know, grandmama. You know she's got a lot of change, and and, and grandmothers tend to carry a lot of cash. They're old school. They yeah. don't want they don't want the card. They want to go ahead and pull out the cash and pay for it in cash. The greatest generation. You, you see a lot of them go ahead and pay for cash in cars because that's what they've saved up. Cash under the mattress. Don't believe in banks. I know a lot of old school grandmothers and mothers are like that. But not being able. Don't believe in banks. That, they don't believe in banks. Their mattresses are their banks. One of my favorite movies, Soul Food. You know, you look in his room and what happened, a lot of cash came blowing out of the room after it was discovered Uncle Pete had a lot of money under the mattress just hidden away. And that's how a lot of grandmothers operate. But to not get into an athletic sporting event because you don't have cash, don't have a card, that's tough. I, I think that if you if you want to get into the game, you want to watch your baby play, Somebody took their job a little bit too seriously, and now we're having legislation go into effect. The Alabama House of Representatives approving the bill. They it, take they take Venmo. I, I would think not. Cash app. No cash app. No Venmo. No cash app. <laughs> and I think that we're eventually going to get there for sure, Bronner. But like you said, nothing wrong with the. I love paying with Venmo. American dollar for sure. The final drive. Here on WNSP 105.5. You know, when you look at the Star Wars movies, they were flipping coins. They weren't using any type of cash. They were using credits. So even in the future in Star Wars, no cash there. So that may be the way that we're going. May the fourth be with you here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. This is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. And you know the Death Star was blown up multiple times in Star Wars. You, you, you blow it up, they try to build another one, and you blow it up again. Same kind of theory here. In Alabama's baseball head coach's situation, Brad Bohannon, you're going to go from bad to worse. And you want someone to be innocent until proven guilty. You want to say that it's suspicious betting activity. But ultimately, the feds are going to come for you, especially if you cross state lines and you get investigators involved with it wanting to find out 
who you were talking to, when you were talking to. Big Brother's always watching. The government's always watching. They're right on top of you. I don't care if you have a burner phone or not. But now Brad Bohannon has been linked to security footage of the person who placed the bet, whether it was for him having insider information or not, they're going to go ahead and find audio. They're going to have the video, and it's a black eye because anytime you're talking about integrity of the game, that's where you start having problems, and Brad Bohannon, Losing the series to LSU or being 9-12 and 12 in the SEC is the least of his concerns right now because my man is probably going to wind up doing some, some, some prison time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as, as for new information, it was uh, David Payne Purdom, who's like a gambling analyst, I guess, for ESPN. So it came out today uh, like half hour ago, roughly. Sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bets was communicating with Bohannon at the time. Multiple sources with direct information about the investigation told ESPN. So uh, <laughs> it, it appears, and I say appears because, you know, in case there's a misunderstanding, which it certainly does not appear that there is, but just want to cover all bases there. It certainly appears that it was that egregious. And uh, Brad Bohannon pulled Hagen Banks, or uh, I guess Hagen Banks was going to start. Uh, and the bet was placed, like Lindsey Crosby said, or the two bets were placed bef between the time that Bohannon would have found out that the starter wasn't going to pitch and, the and before that became public knowledge. So, wow, I mean, yeah, just uh, disgraceful. Uh, Pretty uh, and and a stain on the University of Alabama, just really really disgusting stuff uh, from from Brad Bohannon. Like you said, yeah, if if all that is true, he's gonna go to jail and rightfully so. Frankly, uh, that's racketeering. I I guess would be uh, would be the best word for it. interstate commerce. Whatever. I mean, the FBI is gonna be involved. Anytime you get the feds involved, like, it's never a good thing. Call those, it what you want. When those three letters are put together involving some sort of sports story. It's it's never good. But just like, man, what uh, what a moron. The guy the guy made five hundred thousand dollars a year. We're talking about the head coach of a mate. And again, we talked about you know how he underachieved. Whatever. We're talking about the head coach of a major SEC baseball program at one of the wealthiest universities in the entire country who made half a million dollars a year to coach baseball, and he tried to parlay that into financial gain or financial gain for his friends through betting with insider information, which, by the way, LSU was going to win the game either way, like Lindsey said, but like, what? How, how, how stupid do you have to be? That it's that's unbelievable the the levels of stupidity that that have to it, it just makes you wonder why that that's the biggest question that I think agents and when you start looking at the transcripts because he's going to be questioned he's going to have an opportunity whether he wants to comment or not to defend himself and if he chooses to plead the fifth okay he's going to plead it he's going to have no comment on it but that doesn't help his integrity. So if he didn't do it, I would I would stand at the top of the rooftop and shout it and yell it. Absolutely, my name's been slandered and drugged through the mud. And we haven't heard from him yet. 
which I know we will. To. I why? Wait, I don't <laughs> think we're gonna hear from him. Whether it's directly or indirectly, we're going to hear comments Maybe from a lawyer from him. There, and even from an attorney, you're still going to see a situation because when you start thinking about baseball, especially within the Pete Rose era, not going back to the Black Sox this is scandal. Worse. This is worse than Pete Rose, by the way. I, I don't, I don't know if it's worse than Pete Rose. It is. Tell me how it's worse than Pete Rose. Because Pete Rose never, and it was proven, Pete Rose never made a bet against the Reds. He he only ever bet on the Reds, which, like, you know, you want to question the morals of it. I, fine. I agree. I I don't really think it's that, this, like, morally abhorrent thing to, to bet on your own team to win baseball games. Like, I... Yeah, could you make pitching changes to try to win the game better? Like, yes, but if, if it was proven that you only ever bet on your own team, I, I really don't, frankly, have a super strong moral issue. Like, yes, obviously you shouldn't be doing it, but Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think that's, like, a crazy take. If Again, I, I, I someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain it's, like, proven time and time again that Pete Rose only ever made Rose later run. admitted he bet on games but insisted – he never bet on Cincinnati Reds games. but See, I was under the impression he did bet on Reds games, but only bet on the Reds to win. Maybe I'm wrong about he that. He never bet against the Reds. Okay. Correct. Okay. Never yes. bet so, against the Reds. This, the bet was on LSU. He called up his buddy in Cincinnati and said, our starter's not pitching. Go ahead and throw 150 grand on LSU. That much in baseball is what really brought the red flag to him. Now, a lifetime ban for Pete Rose, if there's a lifetime ban on Pete Rose, what do you think's going to happen to Brad Bohannon? I mean, Pete Rose denied playing for an opportunity. What, what, what jail time did Pete Rose do? I don't, I don't know. Did Pete Rose go to jail? I don't know. I think that, fill me in on that one of the users or listeners in the app, great comment, the FBI federal betting institution well in this case yeah they are the federal betting institution to where they're going to find out exactly what wager was placed there but to to say that pete rose belongs in the hall of fame yeah i mean he just shouldn't have bet on baseball i yeah I, and you'd be same hard, thing you'd be hard pressed to argue against that same thing here i think that you know, Bohannon. The bet was on LSU. It it, it, it it doesn't matter for or against. I think it makes a moral difference. You're you're still you're still having. I think it's worse integrity that you bet integrity your issues. Own team. It goes back to the suspensions in the NFL. Ridley, you can bet on any sport you want to. Yeah. Jameson Williams, you can bet outside of the facility. So well, you know, again, it's you it's not a situation there. to where you it if he wants to bet. On baseball, you know, as an employer, yeah, you tell your employees these are the standard of ethics. If you do boom, 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 you're going to be shown the door, the door, the door, and that's exactly breach of contract. I guarantee it's in his contract, and I haven't read it, but I guarantee there is a moral clause yeah. in Brad Bohannon's contract that he better hopes the bet that was placed would supersede any amount of money that he was going to receive through 2025 for the University of Alabama. It wasn't. That's that's the that's the uh, 
the crazy part. I mean, jeez, it's bad, man. I, I don't even think it's it's comparable to uh, Jameson Williams or Calvin Ridley. It's not. I mean, well, he, here it is. What you have again? Information always comes out is always breaking throughout the show. So what you have is, if you were to ask me earlier in the week, did I think that Brad Bohannon bet on baseball against and and for LSU? I would have said no. I wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have believed it because I wouldn't have thought he was lacked enough intelligence to do so. I, I won't say and call the man stupid, but lack of intelligence. Yeah, someone on the app said, I believe I heard on this very station that the coach did not call anybody based on what they knew. No, I mean, we we don't have any insider information. We might have speculated that that probably didn't happen because it sounded so ridiculous when the story first came out two days ago. But it turns out that's exactly what was happening. I, I it didn't is think, that ridiculous. I, I didn't think that he could be and have that much lack of intelligence to to do anything that would call him to lose his job as the head coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide. It, it just it was that ludicrous. No one bets on collegiate baseball. It, it's a fact. You you just you don't you don't see large amounts of money that are being or transactions in collegiate baseball. That's why there's this huge red flag that went up especially with a, a Friday night game and you play Saturday and Sunday and you were going to get beat anyway. But having that insider information is what makes it even worse. Yeah, like Lindsey said, like they were going to get beat. LSU is the best team in the country, but like I wonder the nature of the call. Like Bohannon was like, oh, we're, we're definitely getting beat. Now, you know what the funniest part is too? Like the LSU minus one and a half bet, they were getting killed. It was eight nothing. Turned to eight six. I wonder if Bohannon's sitting there like, oh, oh no, we got to call the dogs off. I'm about to lose a hundred grand right here. Like, th just think about the ridiculousness of this story. This is like, this is the biggest scandal since Pete Rose. If this is all to be true, and it is worse than Pete Rose. It it really is worse. Uh, it, it is absurdly. It's it, it's it's ridiculous. I I'm struggling for the words. I I just I can't even believe it. But you you would definitely wouldn't think that. The coach, if it is video footage, audio footage is going to show him communicating with somebody, which if the FBI has the tapes, they're going to pull up the audio. Big Brother's always watching. He's done, man. If this is all true, he should go to jail, by the way. I, uh, you know, He's going to go. I, I hope he goes to jail. He's going to go. But, it, again, going back to Monday or Tuesday, when you see FanDuel not take any more bets on the Alabama Crimson Tide, you'd be like, well, okay, that's just odd. Uh, yeah, that that's not going to happen like, longer than what, a week. Like someone in the app asked that, I think, because like probably earlier in the week we said exactly like, oh, this is a weird story. Like, oh, like what? imagine if Brad Bohannon was calling his buddy up in, up in Ohio and saying like, oh, like here's this information we have, like throw, throw the house on LSU. Like wouldn't that be crazy? Well. That's what's it, it. It certainly appears at this point that that's exactly what's happening, or what was happening. And, and we, we earlier in the week we were joking about how ridiculous that would be because it does, didn't even seem comprehensible. There's no way it was comprehensible. It, it, it just it was okay. There have been some irregularities that have caused red flags, but at the same time now you're saying, well, now that this is possible, is the next step possible for? 
one or two players to have become involved either? Or is Bohannon going to throw himself under the bus and say, no, this is this is strictly on me. This has nothing to do with anyone else affiliated with the university. Because, I mean, there's definitely levels that have, have peeled back. And as you continue to peel them back, you see how complicated it is and how mind-boggling and unbelievable it is. But I just say that that's a tough situation for the University of Alabama to have to sit with and to sit on, especially everything that's going on within the last four and a half to five months within the athletic program. Just it's, it's not good. It certainly is another black eye. You know, Sean Jones says be prepared for it to take a bigger turn, and we find out it's happened multiple times this season. I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, if it, if it's that egregious, why why couldn't it be more egregious? I, at this point, I, I would believe any any amount of ridiculousness. On Brad Bohannon, boy oh boy, uh, we'll see we'll see what kind of what kind of pre- prison sentence this this ends up in. But the guy's gonna go to jail if this is true, and rightfully so. It, this truly is one of the more ridiculous sports stories I've ever heard. But, I mean, my man Jared Bates hit the nail on the head again. You, Calvin Ridley, Jameson Williams, Brad Bohannon, Michael Broner. You may not want to hear it, but, brother, that's a bad Bama look, brother. It's bad. I mean, I, you, 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 there's no sweetener. You you I can't think, take. I think this Bohannon situation is infinitely worse than the Calvin Ridley and Jamison Williams. I mean, it's not even comparable, frankly. No, the thing is, they have in common, in common, they have Bama. Well, I understand. Across, they're affiliated I, I, with. I, I understand. The Show me another school in the country that's Just, had this you know. type of scandal in regards to betting and everything that's going on. There's not one. I, I hate to admit it, but there's not. I would love to find another one, but it, it's I'm, the truth. I'm with you. Like they're. It's not good, but this is a new level of bad. Like Jamison Williams, we had that debate. I more, you know, I don't really think Calvin Ridley or Jamison Williams really morally did anything wrong. Like, yes, they broke the rules. There, but, there you go. Uh, I mean, but I, Bohannon, frankly, is is a scumbag. <laughs> if uh, if this man, is to be believed, my man, my man's gonna find. You know, crimson and white might have been his favorite color. I don't, I don't know if they have stripes in prison uniforms or not. Still, <laughs> but. My man. I hope my, they make him wear an orange prison uniform. Put it, by the way, he came from Auburn. Just I don't. I don't think that would bother him. You know, I don't think that would bother him at all. But there you have it. A little bit of breaking news and breaking information that was given. Big Brother's always going to be watching, and now it's a situation where, when you have the integrity of the game, the integrity of the Southeastern Conference. Alabama's going to do everything they can to disassociate themselves as far from the situation as possible. And they did that by his firing. The final drive on WNSP 105.5. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive, 251-694-1055. We have a caller on the air. Go ahead, caller. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Hi. First off, I want to say thank you to Michael and Corey for taking my call. Just real quick on this Boba Hannon thing. I know you guys have been talking about it for a little bit, but 
I mean, if, if I know it's a developing story and more details are coming out, but if it, if it is really true that he was betting against Alabama, I think these kids should sue him because these kids are potential MLB players. If he's throwing the games and maybe potentially dropping their draft stock, I think they got uh, like a place for a civil suit against this guy. He needs he needs to go beneath the jail, in my opinion. Well, I don't think for one minute that players aren't being advised of that those ramifications because if it happened this series now that's where you get the fbi to dig deeper and to find out what's really going on has this happened before how long has it happened so you, you when you when you dig a ditch you better dig too because this is a situation <laughs> to where it's it's going to be an ugly situation more, yes sir thank you for calling by the way and for yep, listening yep, and tuning in as well. One. You do the same. May the fourth be with you today. Under the jail, they need to put him. Well, Under the jail. That's a great point, honestly. It, it like, really is. Uh, because the players are the ones, again, when you start peeling back the layers, if they find out that no players were involved in this, they were the ones who are ultimately going to be responsible. They're going to do what their coach asked them to do. And you've seen – he already had a lawsuit against him and the current interim coach, Coach Jackson, as well, for treating the player when he had an injury. So the one lawsuit is already out there. So this would throw another lawsuit if the players decided to do that. Tide and Tiger report coming up at the top of the hour. Plenty of Auburn and Alabama football, basketball, baseball action going on so we'll jump into the tide and tiger report and don't forget prep spotlight coming up at six o'clock as well there was some action today in the coaching ranks in high school we'll give you that information and so will the prep spotlight coming up at six o'clock Tiger Report on 105.5 FM WNSP. An hour of the latest news and reports from the Plains and the Capstone with Corey LeBounty and Michael Bronner. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Heath Parker and Dr. Chris Walton of Premier Medical Eye Group. Streaming live on the Sound of Mobile app, here are Corey and Michael. Welcome to the Tide and Tiger Report here on WNSP 105.5. And again, may the 4th be with you. And of course, at the University of Alabama right now, they're going to need the force to be with them as far as getting the FBI agents out of Tuscaloosa the way things are going. And on the Tide and Tiger Report, we wanted to bring in Joe Gaither to join us this evening. Joe How's it going, my friend? Oh, having a great, uh, great Thursday. Hey, May the fourth be with you, Corey. I know it's a, it's a rough day for other people as uh, they're now looking for jobs, but I'm having a decent, a decent afternoon. Thank you so much for, for having me back on. It's our pleasure, and you know, while while we're in that May the fourth be with you type of mode, I asked Michael Brauner earlier what his favorite Star Wars movie was, and he said The Empire Strikes Back. Mine is Return of the Jedi, and Jar Jar Biggs was my least favorite 
Star Wars character and Han Solo was my favorite character of all time. How about yourself? Well, I think my favorite movie out of all of them, uh, Rogue One, was it was amazing because it led you right into the original New Hope. So I think I'm going to go with Rogue One as probably my favorite movie. I totally understand that and can't go wrong there. You're the second person today to say that, as a matter of fact, on our show. Right. And when, when you look at everything that's been breaking in Tuscaloosa with Brad Bohannon, first of all, I didn't know that you could bet on collegiate baseball. I, I knew that you could pretty much, I guess, bet on Major League Baseball, of course, professional sports but i didn't know betting on collegiate baseball was a thing and for brad bohannon to put his own integrity on the line and especially with everything that the university of alabama has gone through within the last four months from an athletic standpoint this is definitely another bama black eye for sure it's unbelievable uh and if you didn't know you could, you could bet on college baseball ask uh Michael across the glass. He's been, he made a lot of money last weekend <laughs> off Brad Bohannon's tip. Uh, so, uh, but Coach Bohannon gave him gave Michael a huge tip, and uh, you're gonna have to shake him down for some lunch money now. But it's a, it's it's unbelievable to have a, a coach, a, a college coach at such a high level, gambling uh, or, or or involved in gambling uh, or get tipping off tipping off a a, a gambler to to, to help them make a big uh, a big bet it, it, it's unbelievable and it, it's something that i never thought i'd see and i mean it it, it it makes me sad for the program because uh the team's been so meh all all, all year especially in the sec uh so, so it's it's just uh an amazing story and it just keeps unfolding uh throughout the day and uh it's been it's been wild Corey. it's been wild. i wonder uh i i'm wondering if i'm gonna go to the game tonight just to kind of see um just kind of see the reaction and see kind of if there's a big crowd well, it's definitely brought national attention, good or bad, to Alabama baseball. And of course, they're 30 and 15, 9 and 12 in the SEC, the Vanderbilt Commodores getting ready to be played. But I, I just think that it, it's one of those things that, it, with everything that's going on with Alabama within the last four or five months, you, you wouldn't think that. And graduation being on campus this weekend, you're looking for that great Bama story. And that great Bama story was in Jimmy Johns, the former running back who got in trouble for selling drugs on campus, coming back to get his collegiate degree. That's really the best news that's come out of Tuscaloosa in a long time. Oh, that is great to hear. I, I, I didn't realize that that was happening this weekend, but that is great to hear. He was such a um, oh, colorful, we'll say colorful character here uh, in Tuscaloosa, and, and he was uh, kind of kind of effective all, all during his time on the field, uh, but didn't last very, very long. Uh, that's great to hear him coming back to get his degree. Uh, it's going to be graduation weekend, and, and you, you, you nailed it, Corey. It's been bad news for the athletic department really since the calendar turned to 2023. With all that, with all that going on, and you and all the scrutiny on the athletic department for Coach Bohannon to get involved with this is just—it's just amazing. It's just unbelievable. It just—it it makes me leaves me dumbfounded. Yeah, Joe, I, it's 
I'm struggling to find the words. Like we joked the other day when the when they first came out that Ohio was suspending betting on Alabama games. Like oh, like what is what is Coach Bo talking to his buddy up in Ohio and and saying like here's a tip like uh, you know bet against Alabama here and it turns out it seems that's exactly what was happening. Yeah, I I hesitated earlier in the week to say that because it's like, okay, this is like the most dumb, obvious thing. There's no way Coach Bo is uh, doing that. But uh, that's exactly what you have happened. And and I ask you guys, both you guys, uh, you guys carry the rest of your show, how much – how much do you think it is? Uh, how, how much do you think flat, uh, triggers the Ohio Gaming Commission for a suspicious, uh, a suspicious bet? Uh, suspicious bet, twenty dollars, two hundred dollars, two thousand. How much do you think this really is it's, that triggered these guys? Like, oh, this is some suspicious activity around question. Alabama baseball. So. You look at Coach Bohannon's salary, it's uh, whatever it is, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, he makes about half a million dollars, obviously, not anymore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, I know a lot of people who bet. I don't know anyone who bets on college baseball. So, like, what constitutes a big suspicious bet in college baseball? Like 10000 50000 exactly what a guilty person would say, Michael. I, well, you know, <laughs> I don't bet on college baseball. I don't. Again, I don't know anyone who bets Without on college baseball. information. Yeah, well, we'll have to talk. To Co- Maybe we'll get Coach <laughs> Bo on the show next week and see uh, see if he can shed some light on the entire matter. But, no, I mean, it's... Well, if this is the truth, you get, uh, if, if this is the truth, firing him, him losing his job today is the is, is it might be the least of his worries. Yeah, he it's might definitely the least legal, of his worries. Legal ramifications, no. arrests, something to jail time. It's a, a huge, huge problem for Coach Bo. I mean, we had a caller bring up the idea that like his players should sue him. I mean, if he's throwing betting on against LSU on LSU rather, and against Alabama because that's what that's the way the bet went. I mean, that's kind of if he has his own money against it. And not that he was, like, actively throwing the game, but, like, players have a legal case there. That's their draft stock. That's That that affects them, too. It's just an unbelievable situation that you never think that you'd see at the University of Alabama place where, uh, where legends are made and where the standards are set. It's just unbelievable that you'd see that uh, from from this institution. This isn't like Timbuktu University, and it's not just some somebody in high school. It is. It's just incredible. Just so we get off this, because we've spent most of the show talking about. It. I'm sure we'll spend most of tomorrow talking about it. We'll, t- we'll we'll move on to football for a second. Tyler Buckner brought in last week. Your initial thoughts on that? Is Tyler Buckner going to really be the starting quarterback by? We'll say Texas week because who who cares who starts the Middle Tennessee State game? It might be multiple guys. I think Buckner. I don't know. I think Buckner gives you a guy with a nice floor. Gives you a guy with a nice. Uh, gives you somebody that uh, at least the coaching staff feels that, that at least the coaching staff feels like knows what's going on. I I, I don't know. I I, I I struggle with the move because I don't think he's markedly better than what you have in Jalen Bill Roach, I Simpson. Or, uh, or Holstein or Lonergan. But with Buckner, uh, you have kind of a little bit of all of them. A, a guy that's a decent little athlete who, who, who could run around there. Uh, he made a, a bunch of plays with his legs uh, in Notre Dame during, during his couple of appearances, three appearances. Uh, but yeah, you, people want to harp on his touchdown to interception ratio. 
Uh, you know, you're going to have interceptions. I think whoever's under center this coming up year, I think whoever's playing this coming up year is going to be kind of operating a run first offense, a quarterback, uh, you know, play action pass offense where uh, where you're finding a lot of guys over the middle where you're hitting the tight ends. And so, yeah, I think that Buckner, ooh, you say, oh, is he going to start by Texas? I'll say no. I'll say no. He's not going to start by Texas week. I, 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 this is dumb of me, but I just have a sneaky feeling that Jalen Milrow is going to fight him off throughout the summer and fight him off throughout the fall camp. I don't think that Buckner is markedly better than anybody that the Tide has currently on the roster. Were you surprised that neither Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson or either of the freshmen, for that matter, transferred following Buckner coming in? I, I am surprised. I am surprised because a lot of a lot of the rumors were that Jalen Milrow was going to go to TCU, but but Jalen Milrow, I mean, and, and Ty Simpson sticking it out. I, I, I think it shows you really even after a day, you didn't you didn't have anybody from Alabama going into the transfer portal. A couple transfer portal guys in the spring went what the Thursday before uh, the transfer portal. You had uh, Jaquez Robinson and Trekon Fagans and goodness gracious, uh, what Elijah Brown. So you had a couple guys go in before a day. You had nobody go in the portal after a day. And I, I think um, I, I think it shows a, a huge buy-in for, for the Alabama roster. The, the, all the reports coming out of fall, uh, spring camp where uh, Coach Saban really turned up the uh, intensity of practice and really kind of took them back to a 2008-9-10 level of uh, physicality. And, and, and I wonder if the players really bought into uh, old-school Alabama and that competitive mindset and uh, Jalen Milrow. I mean, Jalen's got to be confident. He, 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 led, he, he led the team throughout the, the spring, and he you know, he looks at the Tyler Buckner film and he sees a guy who's a good quarterback. Probably he's got a good skill set, but Milrow's got to be confident in his own abilities. And I'm really happy to see all the quarterbacks stay and and compete for what will be a fun, a really fun fall storyline. I don't think there's a poll that's out there that has Alabama ranked number one going into the preseason, but the the disparity between. Georgia and the rest of the country. Alabama having five scholarship quarterbacks, though, at quarterback at the quarterback position alone. If Alabama has to get to their third string quarterback, I think there's a lot of trouble in Tuscaloosa for the 2023 season. Well, Corey, I mean, what does it matter if you have one quarterback, five quarterbacks, six quarterbacks, whatever it takes to find the one quarterback who could win and operate the offense? I don't know that it's that it's a problem. I, I, I mean, I understand you, that you, right now you don't have the one guy that's head and shoulders above the rest. You don't have the Bryce Young. You don't have a DJ Uyunglele, a top recruit that you know. I guess you could turn it over and give give Eli Holstein his snaps after uh, being what the third or fourth quarterback in this upcoming 2023 class, but. I think I, I, I think you, you you go back to the way Alabama used to win under Nick Saban, really from oh eight to uh, fourteen or so. You, you, you kind of operated with a quarterback was just kind of operating at Nick Saban's offense and not making uh, not 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 really uh, being the playmaker that you saw the last four or five quarterbacks that they were. So I think I, I'm not too worried about it. While a lot of people in the focus is on the quarterback. For this coming season, I really like what I saw out of A-Day day with the uh, the rest of the team. I thought the offensive line was a lot more physical. I thought, I thought the defensive backs looked a lot 
lot more engaged with the, with, with the uh, with the system. So I think the rest of the team really looked a lot more improved, um, at least through the spring session. I'm, I'm excited about what the fall will be, even though the tide is not entering with the number one pick. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a need to, to break the glass and hit the panic button for sure if you're an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. I just think that everyone wants Alabama to continue to not let Georgia become officially this century's dynasty of college football. And when you're looking for the big bucks, you know you're going to get them when you come to Alabama because Georgia has 10 drafted guys. Alabama has 10 drafted guys. But the total value of the contract, ultimately, if you want to make the most money, you're going you're gonna to go to and through Alabama's program to make that. Yeah, you're either going to play Alabama on the field or you're going to play for Alabama. And you know what, Kirby, what can you say? They are the current kings, the back-to-back national champions. And you look at their schedule again this year, it looks like they're going to be walking all the way through, walking all the way into the semifinals again this year. So Alabama's got to got to step up, got to respond to, you know, it, it would be – Two years not making the playoffs this year if they don't make the playoffs uh, this coming up year. I, I think it's really important for Alabama to respond to missing the playoffs this past year and beat LSU in the SEC West. I think that's going to be a huge deal. I think the LSU, uh, LSU Tigers, oh, I think they're bringing back a lot of talent. And Brian Kelly obviously had some explosive comments recently. I think LSU is who Alabama needs to worry about first before they play at Georgia. There's no Georgia on your schedule yet. Uh, you got to take these first things first. Uh, Texas is coming, then coming come to Tuscaloosa and coming to uh, try to upset Alabama. Sark would love nothing more, bringing Quinn years in here. I, I think uh, there, are, there are dangers on Alabama's schedule before you get to Georgia, but you obviously commend Georgia and you have to keep them out there out there in front of you as, uh, as kind of your, your, your carrot that you're striving for. Can we start pushing the Arch Manning is overrated narrative yet? No. Please? No. No. Quinn, Quinn Ewers was like the number one quarterback in the country two two three years ago when he, when, when he came out of the country. If, if freshman Arch Manning doesn't beat out that, experienced Quinn Ewers, no, that's it doesn't not mean why. He's, he's, under, he's overrated. And you look at, oh, you're going to go off three or four spring game passes. Michael Bronner, when he's going up, he's in there in the late stages of the spring game. Come on. That that yeah that we're talking Joe Gaither tied 100.9 by the way uh yes that was way more so what I was going off of than the fact that Quinn Ewers beat him out Be- well Quinn Ewers is really really good by the way I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country if honestly if not the best quarterback in the country go go at Caleb Williams but besides Caleb Williams you could make the argument that Quinn Ewers is the best quarterback in the country I'm very very high on Quinn Ewers so no I'm not gonna give Arch Manning flack for not beating out Quinn Ewers but I'll say this Arch Manning. I don't know if he's ever going to start a game at Texas. I'm just going to say that. I, you know, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy. With the transfer portal, you never know what's going to happen. Now, I think I think uh, the Manning family are going to make him stick it out there. But let's the say the wildest things happen and Sarkeesian gets himself fired. Well, we're talking crazy, wild and crazy. Uh, then Arch Manning might hit the portal and never start a game at Texas. You know what, Bronner? I think that's not the wildest thing right there. If Sarkeesian were to get fired, which I really don't think is all that crazy, if Texas underachieves this season, I honestly think Sarkeesian's done. But if or if uh, Sarkeesian were to get fired, do we, do we bring him back like the next day or is he going to get another head coach? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no! Well, uh, you got to go back in the in the saving rehab for program. Exactly. You gotta go, into, go back as an analyst, and then uh, work your way back onto the field as quarterback coach, and uh, and then he can become coordinator. <laughs> well, Joe, when you look at 2024, as far as from an NFL prospect, of course, Kool Aid McKinstry is one of those guys that pop right out on everybody's draft board. Who else? for this Alabama Crimson Tide can make a lot of money moving forward in the 2024 draft? I, I'm sorry. I missed the back end of the question. I was stuck on Kool-Aid McKinstry, who I'm daydreaming, <laughs> the Bears draft with the uh, Carolina draft pick that they, that they acquired with their extra first-round draft pick. Kool-Aid McKinstry is, uh, is my fever dream for the Chicago Bears in, in next season's draft. The, 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 the other prospects, I mean, look, you just had a bunch of three guys go in, in, the, in, in the first round, and you probably think, oh, it's a wider Lighter first round, but getting the one and three uh, one and three draft pick is incredible. And next year, I think you're going to look at a couple of top ten guys in Kool Aid, Dallas Turner, and uh, J C Latham. And goodness gracious, if Malik Benson has the year that I think that he could have, I think Malik Benson will sneak in there in the first round as well. So Alabama's not going to be devoid of talent even after having ten uh, ten draft picks this past weekend. I agree with you there, Joe. And when you look at Alabama basketball making some transitions on their schedule, some additions to their schedule, I think that's always good for competition. One of their five-star point guards, he leaves and goes to Arizona, Jaden Bradley. But picking up Purdue, possibly having an opportunity to do to see two elite centers if both of them come back, one from Purdue, one from Alabama, and Betty Ako and Eddie from Purdue. I, I think that would be a primetime game also. Corey, isn't that game going to be uh, – isn't it going to be in Canada? It's Toronto? Yeah, Toronto. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, you should ask. Uh, you should ask your co-host. Michael Bronner has a great affinity for Canada, so I expect he and I will get up there. Uh, we he he, um, we'll make it he loves the the national anthem. We're going to get up there to watch uh, Zach Eady and, and Charles Bediaco square off. I would I would be so pumped. And I find it interesting. You, you you touched on Bradley. I find it interesting. Bradley goes to Arizona, and the Tide sees Arizona on its schedule next year. So you're not going to get away. From Jaden Bradley quite yet. Um, so, I mean, I'm happy. Go, go find a place that you're happy. But uh, if, you, if you don't want to be here, go be happy somewhere else. Arizona was one of the teams that recruited him out of high school. And so that, that, that is A-OK. -okay. I trust Coach Oates with his portal um, – with his talent acquisition, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, upset, no, a lot upset with what happened to one of his acquisitions, Shaquan Walton. It just seems like you go, you bring this thing all the way back full circle. Alabama athletics cannot get out of its own way uh, with, with, with every turn. But I think Coach Oates will uh, use the last couple roster put spots and, and, and bring in bring in some portal additions that will keep Alabama competitive. I, I, I know that uh, Coach Oates is going to keep us operating. At a, at a high level. Joe Gaither, I appreciate your time here on the Tide and Tiger Report. How can all everyone follow all your great coverage? Oh, find me on the Twitter machine at Joe Gaither6, and you can hear me on Cup of Joe on 100.9 from 11 to 12 a.m., or you can download the Tide 100.9 app and find me right there as well. Joe, I appreciate it. May the 4th be with you, my friend. Absolutely. May the fourth be with both of you guys. I hope y'all have a great evening. Thank y'all so much for having me. You got it. Joe Gaither.
joining us this evening on the Tide and Tiger Report. And coming up next, we'll, of course, switch gears to the Auburn Tigers. Brian Stoltz will join us next here on the Tide and Tiger Report. and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. Welcome back to the Tide and Tiger Report. Call now at 694-1055 or take part on the WNSP app. Once again, Corey and Michael. Welcome back to the Tide and Tiger Report and may the 4th be with you today, of course, in celebration of Star Wars. We bring in for the Tiger Report, Brian Stoltz, staff writer at Auburn Rivals. We want to welcome you to the show this evening. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, but i got to admit something. I've never seen Star Wars, so I don't get the May the 4th be with you thing. Oh, wow. That's a whole yeah. different time. Now, now are you, if you haven't <laughs> seen Star Wars, have you? what about Star Trek? Nope. Never wow. seen it either. Not a sci-fi guy, just an Auburn guy. So uh, I, 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 I just, can't just, knock him. I like com- I like Chevy Chase. Okay, I like can't. comedy and Chevy Chase. Funny Farm is okay with me. So so that's all right. We can we can <laughs> we can go that route for sure. But you know the the news of the day, whether you're an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan, it really doesn't matter. It, it's been on this baseball betting situation and the firing of yeah. Brad Bohannon, and it, it, it's just a. When you start looking at the integrity of baseball or really any sporting event, the 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 files that have tied him now to official footage and ESPN's done a phenomenal job. David Payne Purdom provided information on his article about the yep. FBI is probably going to be involved and he's going to go away in handcuffs at the end of the day. But have you ever yep. seen anything as far as betting in college baseball to this magnitude? I well, I was joking with a friend the other day that I didn't know you could bet on college baseball, but uh, yeah, I mean this is this is one of the biggest scandals I think of that's broken in a, quite some time. I mean, you know, you have point shaving and stuff like that in basketball and maybe in football, but never in baseball. And uh, you know, Brad was a Bush Thompson disciple, or is a Bush Thompson disciple. And Bush has all the respect for him, and to see this come out is just uh, amazing and shocking. And you know, I, I, you know, I hope it's not true, but it, it seems to be true. So, uh, yeah, I, it's it's been a, I, I hate to say this, but it's been a complete PR disaster for Alabama over the last few months. And uh, yeah, it's just insane to think that. A coach would do this to his kids, do this to his program, and uh, just it's insane. Well, I tell you, you know, when you look at the Auburn program, as far as from a football standpoint now, Hugh Freeze has gotten his A-Day behind him. He's trying to figure out where the next starting quarterback mm-hmm. is going to come from. Is it going to be the quarterback from Nebraska? Is it going to be Michigan State? Who's going to come in and call the shots for the Auburn Tigers well, if, from a quarterback position? If Hugh, if Hugh has his brothers, it's going to be Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. He really likes the kid, likes his accuracy likes his potential, like that he's a veteran starting quarterback in the Big Ten. He led him to, I think, 10 wins two seasons ago. Uh, somebody read off the stats earlier today where he'd be like 
ranked second for the most yards in the Auburn season if he played at Auburn when he was at State. And, uh, you know, I think that's the quarterback that they were really, really targeting. It seems like he um, will be on campus soon, I would I would think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's the kid he's ta- targeting. And they like Casey Thompson as well. I mean, you see what he can do at Nebraska, see if – uh, put him in the RPO and stuff like that, and you know. I, but I think it's going to be Peyton Thorne that uh, will be ultimately ultimately be uh, Auburn's quarterback next year or this coming fall. As far as the portal is concerned, if you're a grad transfer, the portal's not closed mm-hmm. for you. You still have work that can be done. Who do you feel mm-hmm. is going to be one of Auburn's greatest additions outside of that quarterback position that they're in desperate need of? Well, they, they're, they're going after uh, that wide receiver from his, uh, Michigan State as well that led them in uh, receiving last year. Uh, they need another. They need another Jack. I think the biggest the kid from uh, App State, uh, uh, McLeod, that just uh, committed and signed with them uh, this past Tuesday. Jalen That's McLeod. a huge guy. Yes, uh, the huge guy to get. They really, really wanted him. You know, I think he had maybe six sacks last year and maybe seven and a half tackles for a loss. That's something Auburn needs. After some uh, people left uh, on the as a jack position, and uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll be the biggest impact uh, from the transfer portal so far. Besides, hello. Oh, we got we got you back, Brian. We lost you for a second there. Um, oh, no, go ahead. No, I'm here. All right, we got you. Uh, talking to Brian Stoltz, AuburnSports.com. Uh, Brian, I, I wanted to ask you, it seems like these rumblings have died down. Not that they really were ever rumblings, although maybe they were. I mean, Grayson McCall was, I guess, going to transfer to Auburn, and then there was an academic issue and that they didn't have his major, and then, you know, there's all this grad transfer rule, and the transfer rules are impossible to keep up with, and then maybe if he could graduate, he could still end up at Auburn. Is that train kind of left the station, or, or is there still a possibility that McCall could end up being the guy they bring in? I, I don't see Grayson McCall being at Auburn next year or this coming season. I think uh, that that train's kind of left the station, and uh, they moved on to uh, either uh, Thorne or Casey Thompson, uh, just because of uh, a couple of factors. But you know, there's there's uh, uh, I think the academic part was pro- part, uh, a big part of it. Well, it's not just the academics. Of course, you have to have athletic and academics hand in hand in order to be eligible. Bruce Pearl and the basketball program kind of yeah. going through a transition. Also, you have Aiden Holloway. Of course, he was a McDonald's All-American and is one of Auburn's biggest recruits of all time. Can he be that biggest difference maker for Bruce Pearl? And with Coach Pearl bringing in a new assistant coach and replacing Coach Flanagan, is his son going to stay, Coach Flanagan's son, Wes Flanagan's son, going to stay, or is he going to go ahead and leave also? I think I have a better chance of performing next year than Alan Flanagan, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think he's gone. I think uh, his dad leaving was a good thing. Uh, I feel like there was some uh, animosity there between maybe uh, Wes and Bruce. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of uh, wished him the best but didn't really say anything about Wes leaving for Ole Miss. But I think, you know, whole uh, Aiden and uh, those two guys they signed, uh, Denver Jones and Cheney Johnson, both big guys. I, I, I was talking to my boss the other day. He said he's never seen Bruce more motivated after this season because he felt like he'd let, let everyone down. And uh, he's going to 
yards, which Auburn needed in the, the worst way. And he's getting rid of uh, some, uh, you know, extra baggage, in, you know, in Wendell Green and maybe Katie Johnson. I, I don't know if he's coming back yet or not, but, um, you know, there's a lot of um, – there's a lot of talent that's coming to Auburn, but, you know, it all has to fit together, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Well, they also add Indiana to their non-conference schedule, which mm-hmm. is is great competition, and it's the matchups that you love to see as far as Auburn getting stronger. When you look mm-hmm. at the overall state, of Auburn Athletics spent a lot of money on athletic improvements to the football facility, yeah. but it's just not the football facility that are getting athletic improvements mm-hmm. across the board for Auburn. I, I think they have probably since the eighties, they had the most solid three coaches in the bigger sports, football, basketball, baseball. And, you know, you can get, you, you don't know what Hugh Freeze is going to do here yet, but you can probably guarantee that he's going to win some games. And then you have a coach in Bruce Pearl who led them to the Final Fours, led them to a couple of SEC titles. Then you have Bush Thompson who led them to two World Series in the last three years. So I, I don't think the the program, the athletic department has ever been, ever been stronger. They got a great leader in John Cohen. Uh, they got some great, you know, other coaches, you know, and Johnny Harris and uh, – Mickey Dean and people like that at the non-revenue sports. And, um, yeah, I don't think the athletic department's ever been more strong than it is right now. Uh, we'll see on the football field, but uh, if, if Hugh does what I think he's going to do, uh, uh, it'll be great for Auburn. Of course, no one a bigger believer in Hugh Freeze than Brian Stoltz. What do you, what do you see as the legitimate floor and ceiling for the Auburn football season this year? I mean, the schedule is favorable. Yeah, the schedule – schedule is favorable. I think the ceiling is probably eight, nine wins. The floor is probably five. I, I you know, he still believes that this team, and, and it's right, he's right in this, that this team needs to get better, better, better. That's why they've added offensive linemen and plethora just because they need offensive linemen. That offensive line is totally different from what it was last year. Um, they still had to sign a quarterback, of course, get some receivers. Maybe somebody in the secondary, but um, yeah, I think the, the ceiling is probably eight, nine wins. He would he would probably say seven, eight. He doesn't want expectations to uh, start getting up until he's had a couple of years. But I would say seven, eight wins would be uh, um, perfect for this first season. It's something to build on. Have a first recruiting full year of uh, recruiting. He can you know build on with his staff, and uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, like you said. I'm a believer in the guy. You know, everyone knows I'm good friends with him, so it's not breaking news. But, you know, I'm happy to have him at Auburn. I'm happy to cover him. He's great to cover. Uh, We separate, you know, our personal life from our professional life. And, uh, but yeah, I I think uh, Auburn made the best hire after what what was a disastrous 21 months with Brian Harson. Let's talk about Auburn in the NFL and, of course, Auburn Tigers. I love Tank Bigsby and where he wound up going, but Derek Hall and Anders mm-hmm. Carlson was wound up finding himself a roster. Owen Popo mm-hmm. gets an opportunity to play in the NFL. These guys probably knew their names would have been called and knew that they were going to have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Were there any shockers, really, that were drafted from an Auburn Tigers standpoint, either later or before you had expected? i got to say Kobe Wooden was a little bit later than I thought. Uh, Caleb or Caleb? Caleb, I'm sorry, Caleb. Um, 
a good kid. Uh, but Derek Hall, I thought I thought he might go in the first round. Uh, one of the best athletes I've ever covered. Great kid. Uh, I think I think Anders, Anders Carlson get attracted was a little surprised because he struggled last year after the AL, ACL uh, injury, and uh, you know he kind of lost a little confidence in himself, but. Currently impressed with the as a pro day. You know, if you have the name Carlson, that looks, and you're a kicker, that looks good for the NFL right now. So, uh, yeah, I would say that those two guys, uh, Wooden and uh, Derek, went a little lower than I thought. But um, overall, I thought it was it was perfectly fine. I, I thought Tank can make some noise in the NFL, and so can uh, Owen Papo. And uh, we'll see what they can do. Well, Brian, your outstanding coverage of everything Auburn, how can our listeners go ahead and chime in and find out exactly what's going on with the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, you can find uh, all our coverage at auburnsports.com as part of Rivals Network, and you can find me on Twitter at Brian J. Stoltz. I know a lot of Alabama fans found me a couple of months ago. Appreciate (laughs) you so much, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Brian, one of the few people who just are not either a Star Trek or a Star Wars fan. And if it's not your genre, then it's not your genre. But at least he was honest about it. Brad Bohannon, not honest with not only his players, but the university. And definitely going to find himself probably in a jail cell someone very, somewhere very soon. And we'll come back and put the finishing touches on the Tide and Tiger Report on this 4th of May. To the Tide and Tiger Report. Call now at 694-1055 or take part on the WNSP app. Once again, Corey and Michael. The Tide and Tiger Report here on WNSP 105.5. And of course, want to thank all of our guests today that joined us on the final drive and the Tide and Tiger Report, Brandon Marcello. Lindsey Crosby, Joe Gaither, and Brian Stoltz all joined us today. And, of course, you can listen to that podcast as soon as this show's over, WNSP Now. If you missed any of it, we'll have you definitely covered. You can also hear Michael Brauner's impersonation of Jar Jar Biggs. It wasn't too shabby yeah, at all. Bad. You'll, have to, you'll have to go back and sift through that. And, of course, you know, the big storyline has definitely been Brad Bohannon and while we're on there you always have breaking news and stories always evolve and of course we didn't talk a lot about the NBA and what occurred last night Boston over Philadelphia 121 to 87 and Harden doesn't give you a good game too after giving you a great game one and 45 points and tonight you have the Lakers and Golden State Brad Bohannon has been the story of the day but the Milwaukee Bucks fired their Mm. Head coach after winning an NBA championship in 2021. What have you done for me lately? Coach is, Yes, indeed. He has been shown the door in Milwaukee. and Pretty sure I went to high school with a girl who's the 
niece of Coach of Mike Budenholzer. Little little random fun fact for you on a hey, Thursday. The, I, I'll tell you, <laughs> he'll have random thing ever. He, he he won't be sitting around long. He'll have an opportunity to coach two-time coach yeah, of the year, and he's a world championship coach as well. But Brad Bohannon, he probably won't have an opportunity to coach any longer, and he's probably going to be looking at some severe fed time as that is a huge storyline that is going to make news nationally in regards to if everything lines up the way that these ESPN reports and the footage have said. Yes, yeah, so Ben Upton, who hosts an 11.7 podcast, you know, it's, he hosts a podcast on college baseball. He describes himself on Twitter as, quote-unquote, college baseball's favorite gambler. So I guess people do bet on college baseball. 10,000 followers on Twitter, so give you some credentials on the uh, guy I'm about to cite. Uh, he was second to uh, David Purdom on the story because he said he was trying to confirm from a second source, but... He tweeted about uh, about an hour ago as well. Some quotes I some quotes I got from my source. Quote: Phone records were searched, which led to instant firing. Quote: A lot of money was bet. Quote: Not the only time it's happened. If that's not the only time it's happened, that's what's going to be embarrassing yeah. for gonna, the university. So what's now going to happen is they're going to go through every game he's coached, every single game, and you're going back and it's not like Alabama was a national champion or made it to the College World Series or won the SEC championship. But Alabama was 30-15 and 15 this year, 9-12 and 12 in the SEC, are playing the Vanderbilt Commodores, one of the best teams in the country. And Bohannon had a 166 and 124 overall record. Only one NCAA appearance. But yeah. the well, appearance... Well, 500 in the it, SEC. It, that's, that's what hurts. And I think that the suspicious betting activity is going to go from suspicious to probably being confirmed. And if it is confirmed, you just might as well go ahead and, and get ready to get his handcuffs ready. His embarrassment is there, and the players for the Crimson Tide deserve better than their own head coach betting against them and having the inside information. And it really makes you wonder now how long he had been doing this. And if there's one thing the FBI is going to find out, they're going to find out how long he's been doing this. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a black eye for the Bama baseball program. And w unfortunately, the kids are the ones who wind up suffering because there's going to be a penalty, not just with Bohannon being fired. You're going to find repercussions. It's not like you can go ahead and put asterisks or stars and take wins away that were there. But I think that you're looking at a, a program that will be given severe sanctions. Yeah. And that's what's unfortunate for the student athletes or trying to rebuild the brand of Bama baseball. Yeah, a program that already was kind of not necessarily in shambles, but a program that isn't where it should be is, is about to get a lot worse, I would think, uh, kind of starting from rock bottom next year at this point. I mean, heck, maybe Coach Jackson and them make a miracle postseason run and it's a – Kind of feel-good story that feels really weird at the same time. God, this is going to be odd to watch. But, heck, it starts with Vanderbilt tonight. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's not good. It's just it's just not good. Well, what is good, I mentioned earlier, Jimmy Johns, the former Alabama quarterback slash running back slash linebacker who was dismissed for drug or selling drugs on campus, has found a way – 
several years later to come back and get his collegiate degree. So it's a definite sweet story of redemption. It's the best story that I've heard all day long, one of the best stories I've heard in quite a long time with finding a way to redeem yourself. So, Jimmy Johns, congratulations to you on getting ready to receive your University of Alabama diploma this weekend after bouncing back from a terrible situation. The Tide and Tiger Report wraps up, and again, tomorrow, plenty more action. And we're also going to have news on some hoops. The opening kickoff versus the final drive. Things are getting done and in motion. We'll talk to you tomorrow. May the 4th be with you.